Welcome to On Air with LG, brought to you by LG Electronics European Air Solution Team. We know that in today's digital world, time is limited, attention is short, and everyone is busier than ever. That's why we're bringing the HVAC industry's hottest topics on air, where you can both learn and be inspired on the go. Join us for a new episode every two weeks, where we answer your most pressing questions and explore the constantly shifting world of HVAC topics like the energy transition, renewable innovation, and the past, present, and incredibly bright future that our industry has to offer to both our lifetime achievers, as well as the next generation of professionals. I'm Melissa Moeller, your host throughout this series, and I hope you enjoy. In today's On Air with LG, we're joined by Christiana Papazahario, LG Air Solutions European Head of Engineering Center and Business Strategy. We'll chat about what it means to future-proof Europe's building stock for both renovations and new builds, and how manufacturers can help HVAC installers navigate today's complex regulation ecosystem. Discover key timelines and insights that can help prepare end customers for a more sustainable and cost-efficient tomorrow. Hi, Christiana. It's nice to have you here with us today. How are you? Hi, Melissa. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being willing to talk with me today. Um, So let's just get started on our conversation. Um, With today's end customers, they're more empowered and informed than ever before. I think every industry is sort of facing that. Um, With the internet, they can have the power to look up things and, and be more informed about the product that they're seeking, et cetera. So how does that change the game for manufacturers and actually in the end for installers? What do we need to think about? Where do we need to go in terms of meeting their needs? Well, it's a very valid comment that uh, habits um, have changed. And it's, I think, um, a common uh, feature for both professional customers and private individuals, private customers. Um, Well, obviously, the industry is changing alongside with its customers. Uh, and nobody's forgotten. Uh, I think that um, manufacturers overall have developed uh, digital solutions mm-hmm. to accompany those customers who are more technologically literate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes without saying that uh, more traditional habits uh, are not neglected mm-hmm. so that everybody um, you know, is taken on board and everybody uh, can feel comfortable with making choices around how to upgrade a heating system in a household, uh, how to best implement uh, a heating and cooling ventilation solution in uh, an office building, how to uh, make a, a nice environment in a retail shop, etc. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, installers are part of this reality, of course. There are younger generations uh, who are really, really uh, IT literate, so very comfortable with only using uh, web-based tools, Mm. and that's fine with the industry. There are plenty of applications that uh, can accommodate for uh, installation advice, um, unit startup, only with digital tools, Mm. uh, as much as people who uh, are more uh, maybe conservative or traditional. And that's also very fine because units can, of course, operate with uh, traditional ways. Right. Um, All right. Well, what do we so in general, I think um, with the informed consumer comes the complexities of that and that pressure to kind of really understand exactly um, what they want, what they need, what would work for their house. So what do we want everyone to understand about future proofing their homes or their businesses? You mentioned retail shops and things like that are, are, are part of the mix as well. So what kind of basic principles do we want people to really Get. 
Well, we want to have people understand, both professionals and non-professionals, yeah. that um, every decision matters. Mm. Uh, so upgrading a heating and cooling system uh, can have a climate impact. Mm. It's as simple as that. So uh, fossil fuel-based technologies should be... We should drive away from those technologies, basically, as much as possible mm. and as soon as possible and make people realize that uh, an upgraded heating or cooling system uh, can really make a difference in uh, the fight against climate change, in an attempt to make uh, the uh, European continent more sustainable. We're looking at being climate neutral by 2050, so the industry as a whole has to move towards that, that direction. Mm. And uh, I think that uh, yeah, Europe can be uh, looked after as a, a very virtuous example of, of this attempt. Definitely. Yeah, I think we're kind of leading the way um, for the world, actually, here in Europe of making things more green and, and the regulations are going in that direction as well. Um, that's one thing I want to talk to you about today specifically because that's your true expertise. So what I want to understand is where are the regulations heading and what types of key statistics or key dates do we need to have in mind as, mm -hmm. as manufacturers, installers, the, the end customer businesses? Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to get there um, at the same, let's say, pace. So what what are we really high level need to need to think of in the next, let's say, I don't know, half a half a decade. <laughs> well, yeah, the, of course, there there are short term um, quick fixes in yeah. a way, as much as the, as there are longer term uh, strategies and and uh, policies. So, um, in the short run, what we see as an industry is uh, the shift away from high GWP refrigerants sure. to climate damaging refrigerants. Yeah. Um, and um, the industry has majoritarily shifted to newer uh, refrigerant technologies, and I think that this trend is here to stay. Mm. Uh, there are plans at the European Union level to even ban uh, F-gases mm. in small capacity units. So this is still to be confirmed in the next couple of years. But we expect a major change in, in refrigerant technology for um, what we could typically categorize as household uh, cooling or heating units. Mm. And then there is the more macro macroeconomic uh, type of approach, which, which has to do with the building more generally. Yeah. And there we're looking at very, very ambitious renovation strategies at European level. Uh, we are currently reaching a 1% average of uh, deep renovation levels okay. that include the renovation of the heating and the cooling system, yeah. which is really, really low in order to reach climate neutrality by 2050. Mm, okay. And actually the ambition needs to triple, or that level needs to triple, so that we are able to meet uh, higher energy saving standards mm. within a renovation mm. policy. Um, and then a trend which is totally embedded and confirmed has to do with uh, the fact of moving to nearly zero energy buildings. Mm. So n buildings that basically require very low energy levels that rely a lot more on renewables and that uh, encourage the production of energy on site or nearby. So mm -hmm. we're looking at, uh, um, at uh, network heating, for instance. So again, uh, there's a major responsibility over project developers, project owners and manufacturers together uh, to uh, launch this trend to produce solutions that... Uh, 
are there to stay, that are uh, future-proof, that are error-free mm -hmm. as much as possible, and to contribute their fair share in achieving this target. Okay. And in terms of the building stock today, I know mm -hmm. we've talked about this before, like where are we in, in terms of what, what's available today or wh wh what about the building stock in Europe? Um, well, today... 80% of the buildings that are built today mm -hmm. will still be around in 50 years down the road. So there's a major, major responsibility of whoever is getting involved in a building project yeah. to keep this in mind, that the effects and the impact of uh, heating or cooling uh, equipment uh, will still produce its consequences in half a century from now. Hence why it's really important to uh, look at reliable solutions mm -hmm. uh, that are fit for the climate, we are we are considering that are fitting for the size of the household or of the business that we are considering, uh, that are fitting uh, the, um, uh, the the overall expectations of what is happening now, mm -hmm. but what is also going to happen in half a century from now. Yeah, of course, no pressure. <laughs> Um, so going back to renovations, in the case of a renovation, what types of technology does the installer need to be considering and informing the end customer on? And, and maybe what types of um, shifts in the work that they do does the installer need to kind of make mm -hmm. in order to get there for the modern um, project developer or business uh, or, or, or end customer homeowner? I think there are two types of situations. Um, there are situations where there's an emergency to uh, replace a system that has basically gone out of commissioning. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's not an ideal situation because uh, there is shortage of uh, manpower available to really yeah. go on the spot and fix it. Uh, as much as hasty decisions can lead to an inappropriate equipment being uh, specced in, in a project. Sure. So I would encourage both project owners who are currently you know, operating a system as much as installers try to think ahead as much mm. as possible and be prepared in, in knowing and in envisaging what are the alternative solutions for a system which has been running, let's say, for the past 20 years. There mm. are reasonably good uh, reasons to believe that this system will probably go end of life anytime soon. Okay. And then I would uh, also consider in a, in a separate... Uh, uh, type of uh, approach, the new projects that are mm. going to be launched. And and there, for sure, the industry has a, an advisor role in sizing the system in the most appropriate way, in selecting the equipment with uh, the best efficiency output possible, uh, so that uh, both Customers are happy with what, what they have uh, at hand and with what installers and professionals are able to implement uh, with good installation techniques. Mm. So as error-free as possible. Yeah, sure. Do you feel like the modern installer has more pressure or it's just a different type of pressure? Do you feel like they have to be mm. um, experts in different areas or is it just sort of a shift as, as we're all experiencing in every industry because of digitalization and things like that? Like it, it, how does it differ for them? Well, when I think of an installer, <laughs> I would uh, qualify him with uh, three different uh, characteristics. Okay. One would be an interior designer because you <laughs> could probably have a say on what unit would look like would best sure. in, in, in a given project. Um, then he could also be a health advisor because uh, now people are looking more and more at uh, projects that improve their indoor air quality. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, industry has uh, a lot of 
choices available in terms of uh, air purification features uh, and um, uh, machines that can mm. actually improve uh, the levels of uh, CO2 concentration, volatile organic compounds, etc., bacteria elimination, all sure. that. So, yeah, it's 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 quite a, an expertise to to be able to to, to handle. And if, and as a third characteristic, I would even list. Uh, an installer as a potential financial advisor because <laughs> installing a project sure. comes at a cost and uh, his added value would really be to uh, select and to propose those units mm -hmm. that uh, can benefit from uh, uh, incentives to reduce the total cost of uh, installation and ownership uh, and efficient units that run with uh, um, low electricity consumption so yeah. that the energy bills remain reasonably low. Uh, and hence have an impact on a household's or on a business operator's uh, assets yeah. as a whole. Well, installers, you heard it here first. You can update your CV to be an <laughs> a interior designer, health advisor, and banking expert. Exactly. <laughs> um, so going on to the banking and the... the um, financial aspects of mm -hmm. an HVAC product uh, mm -hmm. project. Um, what do our B2B customers need to understand about um, in the incentives, the, the shift towards regulation compliant materials are actually being supported by the government. So mm -hmm. what types of examples can we take from various European countries in terms of helping uh, the end customer understand exactly, let's say what's in it for them or why mm -hmm. to make the shift now? Um, well, not all European countries handle financial incentives yeah. and uh, support to more sustainable heating and cooling systems in the same way, right. unfortunately. But I would say that, thankfully, the industry as a whole uh, has taken this totally on board and uh, products which are placed in the European market today majoritarily satisfy those standards so that customers do not uh, feel fooled in a yeah. way about what they choose and the extent to which they can benefit from from uh, lower costs of, uh, of installation. Mm. So uh, the, the, the responsibility and the role of the industry is to really guide uh, its own professional customers so that they can in turn cascade the right information mm. to the end customer sure. uh, because regulations tend to change a lot and often. Yes. So uh, <laughs> we really need to keep an eye on what's going on uh, and inform customers in the simplest possible way mm. and in the more, most transparent way. Mm. And um, I would really like to stress that uh, those companies who take this role seriously mm. are also um, participating in various certification schemes that uh, are quite notorious uh, all across Europe. And this is an extra... Uh, credit mm. to the way in which they handle their production in a way as to be compliant with uh, whatever regulations require locally. Sure. So yeah, keep an eye uh, for our uh, installer friends on various certification schemes like uh, Keymark or Eurovent uh, that um, have uh, quite powerful online tools to you know, compare units, select units, and make an informed choice about what is available out there. Mm. In certain cases, I have the feeling that the shift to less intensive fossil fuel or, well, zero fossil fuel mm -hmm. technologies is 
kind of a no-brainer for the end customer. And I just want to understand, like, is there a catch? Is it as simple as it seems in terms of making that decision? Mm -hmm. um, and especially in the case of incentives, in certain cases, I think a lot of European governments are willing to almost pay for the entire investment. So what would you say to a customer that's right now thinking about mm -hmm. making the shift but isn't exactly sure whether or not the mm -hmm. timing is right or, or mm -hmm. if it's the right call? That's a very valid question uh, because the... Um, the perception around what is good and what is bad can be quite blurred mm. when you look at the Europeans uh, on, a, on a European scale. Yeah. Um, there are countries where the bans are very straightforward. We know, for instance, that in the Netherlands, there is a gas ban that will kick in very, very shortly. Simple. So <laughs> basically, people are left with no choice but consider renewable energies yeah. for heating and cooling. And there are countries where the ban is not that straightforward. Mm. And there are support schemes to encourage alternative technologies but okay. without naming the fact that fossil fuels are not a sustainable solution mm -hmm. for heating and cooling. Okay. So, of course, customers have, have to find their way in, in, this, in this environment. Sure. Uh, but again, our role as manufacturers and as an, as an industry is to really not be ashamed about what we are doing because mm. we, we are doing the right thing. Mm. And we know that uh, we have taken the right approach uh, and the right bet on which technology is uh, the best fit mm -hmm. for the um, expectations for the climate and uh, for a, a good uh, and healthy environment. All right. Now, in terms of the ecosystem in general, the HVAC industry, the regulations, mm -hmm. etc., um, it seems quite complicated for everybody to kind of navigate and figure out. So what can manufacturers do to kind of ease the mind of the installers, for example, in sort of getting where they need to be in, able, in order to be able to facilitate the easy way through this complicated ecosystem? Are there certain pillars that a company can put in place to help help the, the installer on the road? Um, do you mean at um, at the purchase phase? I'm, I'm sorry, I did not... No, that's okay. No, no, no. Um, like, what can manufacturers kind of put in place in order to sort of a, let's say, overall business sentiment or any types of direction that we're taking our end customers on in order to make sure that they understand how to fully navigate the the ecosystem um, regulations incentives product offerings etc um, I think that we need to be very very clear about our product roadmaps okay uh, really state what is coming up and what should uh, progressively be, be phased out mm. so that people can make the right choices and their time, resources and money are not wasted. Sure. Uh, and I think that the Europe, I mean, in Europe, the industry is quite homogeneous and, and moving towards the right mm. direction in quite a comprehensive way. Um, so alongside with the product roadmaps, I think there, there's a major, major and responsibility and expectation coming mm. from our professional customers to be trained uh, on like almost a, a personal uh, basis. Sure. And um, I think that um, there are, there, there is, uh, let's say, quite some expertise uh, with industry players in Europe mm. to share knowledge, to sure. train people. Uh, there are academies, be it with LG or with, with other uh, manufacturers that actually attract those professional customers to upgrade their knowledge, to um, 
uh, address pain points, to improve, to make sure that we improve sure. our installation techniques so that uh, everything across the, the full supply chain is running in a smooth way. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. And actually, that's the whole point of this conversation today. And in general, the podcast is knowledge sharing and sort of pooling together our interests mm-hmm. and our and our uh, information so that everybody can kind of benefit from that and opening the conversation in a more sure. seamless and systematic way. Well, I mean, if I can just um, add on this point, I, I've also seen the industry... Um, growing up mm. a lot over the past uh, 20 years because I've been around for uh, quite some time now. <laughs> um, and alongside with, uh, you know, requiring uh, installers to be trained, to be certified for uh, handling F gases, uh, we are now even looking at certifying the buildings for mm. their overall efficiency. So there's no possible way that you can you know, actually get away with uh, crappy stuff that uh, is working today and maybe yeah. not working that well tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so the, the margin of error is getting uh, smaller and smaller. Sure. Uh, but we, we should never you know, give up <laughs> and yeah. um, build uh, our maturation uh, process more and more to make sure that uh, we're only improving and yeah. nobody is left outside. Yeah. I think that's a very nice point to end on in general because I think it's quite optimistic and and, uh, in a way kind of a rallying cry and a challenge for the industry, Mm -hmm. um, which is quite nice. But I do have one question that's a little bit more personal for you, Christiana. Mm -hmm. Um, If you could go back and have a chat with yourself 20 years of with your 20 year old self, what advice would you give that person? What would you tell her um, based on what you know now about the way you've lived your life? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, well, I would probably, I would probably say something which echoes a lot uh, that we have already discussed mm-hmm. and was a little bit the thread of our discussion today uh, about not fearing asking for help, mm. for advice, because this is not something that makes you look weaker, but it actually helps you stay strong. Mm-hmm. And grow stronger. Definitely. So, um, I would really, you know, encourage uh, our installer friends, our professional customers, and even our uh, private customers uh, to reach out for help yeah. if, if they need advice. Sure. Industry is is here to support them, and we will gladly do it. It's a great point, and uh, thank you so much for your time today, Christian. Pleasure. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you.